Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second installment of Leave the Pin In podcast on the Bring in the Heat podcast network. I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my co-host, the best caddy north of the Mexican border, Scott, here with me. Scott, what's the good word? What's going on? I'm just going to keep up, shut up, and rake some traps. <laughs> like a good caddy should. So we've got a special episode and this is not your review episode like normal. It's not Sunday night, obviously. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, we've got snow days here in the Northeast. It's awful weather, a ton of ice, but we want to take you back to a warmer place and time, November 11th to be exact, down in Mexico. And we're going to call this episode Coocher versus El Tucan. So David Harrell Ortiz is El Tucan. He's this caddy uh, down at the Mayacoba Classic, and Kucha heads down there, right, to play, kind of one of those off-season, silly-season events. And this guy, El Tucan, filled in for Kucha's regular caddy, John Wood, who did not want to go to Mexico. You know, imagine that. And again, at the Mayacoba Golf Classic. And so the whole story, if you've been following golf Twitterverse and even mainstream media is that Kucher basically completely stiffed this guy and we'll get into that. So he pays the guy a total of five grand. All right. Now that works out to be about 0.5% of Kucher's total earnings that week because Kucher goes on to win 1.2 million. And at the end, Kucher gives this guy an envelope stuffed with hundreds, fifties, twenties, tens, and five dollar bills. He just searched through his couch cushions, probably. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's insane, A, that he didn't, let's say, cut a check or something. Uh, B, that he had five grand in, in miscellaneous bills laying around in Mexico. Do you, I mean, if you're going to go to Mexico, bringing about five grand, if you're Matt Kuchar, is probably all you're going to carry. Do you think uh, Matt Kuchar had any... Uh, any help from El Chapo at the time, Scotto? Uh, I think what probably happened was the private jet that he rented had been used by, um, you know, maybe some unsavory characters, and they just happened to, like, stumble upon some of it under a seat or in a closet or something. So maybe that's where the five grand came from, you know, where the money came from. But supposedly what happened is he tells El Tucan, look, I'm going to give you three grand for the week. Okay, that's your base pay, which let's be honest, for a local course caddy, which El Tucan was, that's a great payday, three grand. It's a yeah. Week. Well, this this article I'm reading says two hundred bucks for him is a good day. Right, right, and and that two hundred bucks for a good day is now after he got some notoriety because of this whole entire uh, story, if you will. So you know, this is a guy who's probably making. 80 bucks a loop plus tips, right? Kucher comes in and says, hey, for seven days or six days or whatnot, which 200 a day for a good day would be 1,200 to 1,400 for this guy, I'm going to give you three grand. So the guy's probably ecstatic, right? Jumping for joy. Yeah, without a doubt. And then and he's going to pay him in American dollars too, 
right? He's not paying him pesos or anything like that. So Tom Gillis, this former tour player, goes on Twitter and basically just starts ranting and raving about how cheap Kuchar is and how he's not who we thought he was. Remember the old Denny Green um, press conference <laughs> where he goes, we are who, they, who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Uh, crown him? <laughs> Kuchar is not who we thought he was. So Kuchar comes out and says, hey, this is a non-story. I gave him more than 3000 but I gave him less than 10%. And the 10% number for people that don't really know, that's kind of tour standard if your player wins a tour event. Now, look, everyone has a different pay scale, okay? You and I know some tour players, and I know for a fact that they go anywhere between 5 and 7% for the week, or I know some that give a flat rate for the week, which is going to cover the caddy's expenses in case they miss the cut, and then there's always a bonus for a high finish. You don't Yeah, get- like you got, you got to figure like John Wood and his regular caddy, and the caddies that you see on TV with famous players are getting a salary and then probably some bonus money for wins and things like that. 100%. 100%. And if you were going to do – the average ten percent, then L two cans looking at pocketing one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty k. That's life changing. Yeah, he he could probably retire from caddying at that point. Right, and and you know what? And he probably would He probably wouldn't because he'd be making even more money on the course there. Because for a while he's going to be known as L two can, the guy that helped Kucher win all that stuff. Right. So uh, all this goes public. And L2 Can kind of comes around and says, you know, I feel like I've been shortchanged. Now, we don't know what went down first. We don't know what Kuchar said to him. We don't know if Kuchar says, hey, man, I'm going to give you three grand for the week. And then if I happen to win, which, look, he was not in good form coming in, right? So nobody saw Kuchar coming out of there with a win. But, but that's golf, right? Any of those guys can win any given week. So Kuchar offers to pay this guy 15 to 20 more. But then L2 Can says, nope, I don't want your money. Then he comes back and says, I want 50 grand. If somebody asks you, Scott, and they say to you, hey, I know you wanted more money. Here's 20 grand. Would you turn down 20 grand? Uh, I wouldn't turn down 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) But... Then again, Kuchar's got some deep pockets. So, forty-six million in on-course career earnings. That's not including sponsorship money, Scotto. That is yeah. forty-six uh, well, on the course he's made. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some investment income and all that too. Oh, without so, a doubt. I mean, I don't think Kuchar's hurting. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um. So anyway, so OTs or you know L2 Khan has come out and reached out to Kuchar's manager, reached out to some guys in the golf press, um, and they said, look, man, you know, can you guys help me out and try and recoup some of this money? Uh, I don't know what El Toucan's end game is here, right? Because he could have made twenty five grand, but he says, nah, I don't want that. You know, it's like uh, I, if you're asking for more money and people want to give you more money, and then you come back and say, I don't want more money. What, what are you trying to get out of this? 
Yeah. Well, I almost wonder how much of this is language barrier also, because the article I'm reading says that the response back to Mark Steinberg, who's Kutcher's agent, um, also Tiger Woods' agent, the article mentions, uh, the response was set up using Google Translate. Right. So I, I wonder if there's maybe just a little language barrier here, too. And he doesn't understand that they're actually offering him more money. What, what could go wrong using a uh, an Internet-based program to translate languages, right? Nah, nothing, nothing <laughs> at all. Yeah, that was uh, that's a funny point right there. Um, g- give me your thoughts on this. I mean, because, like, I always look at it this way. If I won the lottery, right, the only thing I would want to do and probably get joy out of, you know, after you're done buying stuff is helping the people that I love and, and uh, you know, and, and traveling around with friends and family. You want to be surrounded by people. You want to help. You want to do good to others. Um, a dude that, that's made that much over his career, you, you figure it would be just a drop in the bucket to him, change this other guy's life. Imagine, even if he is, you know, a jerk in real life, imagine all the good publicity that comes out of you giving over a hundred grand to this caddy, or even even seventy-five grand to this guy. So uh, a couple takes on it. First of all, you know, write the guy a check. You know, give him some money, take care of him. You're Matt Kuchar, you made fifty million dollars. Right. That's take number one. Take number two, you're Matt Kuchar, you've made $50 million. You offer this guy double what he normally makes plus a little bonus because you won, and then you fly away thinking well, that's probably going to be the end of it because you're Matt Kuchar, and you're probably so out of touch with what normal people are actually making as income that you think that that's okay. I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. Ask Matt Kuchar what a, what a gallon of milk costs, right? Probably tell you 15 bucks. No idea. Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, that's a fantastic point, and, and and the thing is, like, when I look at it from a non-golf perspective, <clears throat> and I say, okay, is Kucher, you know, a jerk for doing this? And so part of me wants to say, yeah, he is, because if I if I had that money, you know, I would easily give this dude a hundred grand, you know, and be like, hey man, enjoy it, appreciate it, um, you know, that's from the Kucher family. Uh, but hey, maybe Matt Kuchar's not a not a good dude. Maybe he's not who we thought he was. You know, giving smiles to people and saying "Gosh darn!" when I hit one at OB. You know, instead of having mm-hmm. the cameras pick up, you know, a curse yeah, word. Yeah, maybe. taking a taking a knee and waiting for for Jordan Spieth. You know, twenty five minutes to figure out where he's dropping a ball on the range at the Open Championship. <laughs> right, right. Maybe Matt Kuchar is just a finely tuned media machine that knows exactly what to say at the exact right time and knows exactly how to act when the cameras are on. Maybe that's who he is. Mm-hmm. So we had, um, we had a, a, a follower on Twitter message us or message me and say, uh, Hey guys, you know, I know you plan on doing this Kucher podcast. Can I tell you a little story about Kucher? <laughs> I mean, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> So I, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what dirt do you have to spill? You know, please open Pandora's box. So let me read this to you. This is from legal hooks at legal hooks on Twitter. That's L E G A L H O O K S. And he was a caddy back when he was 16. 
So he, so I'll read the whole story for everyone. It's it's actually a fantastic story, even if half of it is true. And I have no reason not to believe this guy after communicating with him. But even if half of it is true, again, he's not who we thought he was. So he says, here's time for my personal Matt Kuchar caddy story. It's the 2006 Ream Classic on what was then the Nationwide Tour. I'm a 16-year-old high school kid who is a volunteer local caddy for the tournament. I get super lucky and get picked up by local legend Bryce Mulder. The first day that we're on the course, Bryce is going to play a practice round with Ches Reavy, Matt Kuchar, and some fourth guy that he can't remember. He goes, I do everything I can to keep up and follow the lead of all the professional caddies. We make the turn, and the pros stop for a snack. All right, So right between the ninth and the 10th hole, they go to the halfway house, and they're getting drinks and hot dogs, ice cream, or whatever, you know? And he goes, I'm running around trying to make sure I have water in the bag and a wet towel to clean Bryce's golf ball while the players go into the clubhouse. When they come back, Bryce isn't with them. He stopped to use the bathroom. Ches and the fourth guy in the group hand some free ice cream to their caddies, again, local kids that were there. Matt turns to me and hands me what I thought was ice cream for me. I tell him, thank you very much. I start to open it. He goes, he yells at me to stop like I'm about to set off a bomb. He starts ranting and raving. He yanks it out of my hand, stares me down. And Cooch is a tall dude, right? Cooch is like a, a, a legit 6'2", big, tall guy who looks even bigger in, in real life. And you're talking to a 5'5", you know, five 16-year-old five, kid or so. And he goes, no, that's for Bryce, not for you. He walks over and puts it on Bryce's bag. He goes, I'm standing there apologizing, and I go off to stand by myself. After everyone hits and we start walking down the 10th fairway, his caddy comes over to me and pats me on the back and offers me a granola bar that he had had. He goes, it was obvious to me that Cooch always treated people like this. The entire round, Cooch didn't say a single kind word to me or act like I even existed. He goes, if this had happened to me today as an adult with self-confidence, I would have 100% spoken up for myself. He goes, but as a chubby 5'4", 16-year-old, he goes, there was no way I was going to talk back to a pro golfer. So he just went on to say that, you know, I'm sure he treats all the help like that and that this is one of those instances where, you know, if there's smoke, there's fire. And it definitely seems like that with Kuchar. Mm. Yeah, well, you hear all these stories, too, about how he's he's a lot funnier behind the scenes than you hear. Right. You know, uh, so I and almost wonder because, you know, He's funny, you know, what kind of jokes is he telling behind the scenes, you know, what kind of personality does he have, and, you know, these guys, you know, they're, you know, they're they're living out there on the road all the time, so, you know, I'm sure they, some of them have seen some things also, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely possible he's not who we think he is. Yeah, and I think you make a great point, the guys see this stuff, but, you know, the bottom line is, you know, you know, in, in your job, in my job, we see things that go on that, that, or let's say maybe not on the up and up, but on the same hand, you don't want to maybe speak up about things because you don't want to be blackballed, you know, blacklisted. And I'm sure it's the same mm-hmm. thing with guys on tour because guess what? That thing's a traveling freaking circus. And guess who's oh, at yeah. the same place every week in and week out? It's those guys. And you're going to be paired up with each other a few times a year. You're going to be eating um, at player dining together. Your wives know each other. So... I think for a lot of those guys, it's better not to say anything at all and just kind of, hey, let that guy do what that guy does. And maybe I'm not like that, but I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, 
none of my business what he does, what, you know, what he pays his caddy, you know, how he, how he treats the clubhouse guys. I'll take care of him myself. I'm not really worried about it. Right. So, so Scott, I mean, answer me this then. So what do you do if you're Coocher, what do you do in this situation? What do I do? I, I'm writing a check. You give an, you give an LT can ten percent. I'm to say yeah. I'm gonna say I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. You know, here's a check for you, and and I'm gonna I don't know maybe build like a new like caddy shack. You know, down at that course for all the, the local guys, so they have you know someplace nice to hang out between loops. Damn you! You gonna name it the L two can caddy shack? Uh, probably. Yeah, we'll do that. I like that. I like that. On a complete and total side note, I just looked up the results of the 2006 Ream Classic. This is actually a really solid field. <laughs> is, is is it 12 now? So 17, uh, sorry, 13 years later now, is it a who's who of who's on tour? Uh, there's some big guns in it. Uh, Jason Duffner's in it. Okay. He's probably the, the other than Kucher, he's probably the biggest name. Okay, who won? Um, Do you know who won? Darren Stills. Oh, I know Darren. Has, yeah, Darren Stills yeah. plays. He plays. Yeah, he's got he's he's been on tour. He's got five web.com slash nationwide tour wins. Hey, Scott, uh, this is some this is some deep investigative journalism you're on today. I, I'm sitting in front of a computer, so it's a beautiful thing. I mean we're uh, we're giving people everything on Leave the Pin in podcast. Exactly. So Darren Stills won on the first playoff goal over Michael Putnam. Wow. Another big name. Yep. Uh, not to David be confused, with, not to be confused at, with Andrew Putnam, who plays now on tour. Yes. David Hearn finished third. Well, I guess it would be fourth um, at nine under. Eric Compton was Jeez. eight under. Uh, then Johnson Wagner was in the field. Ken Duke. Uh, Dickie Pride, one of my my favorites. Uh, every single person that you just mentioned had a decent, if not fantastic, PGA Tour career so far. Oh, it, it, it gets better. Uh, Brandon DeYoung. Okay. Uh, Ricky Barnes. Wow. I, uh, I, I I'm gonna tell. I'm go ahead and remind me, and I'll tell you because I want to get to our caddy stories in a bit. And I have a caddy mm-hmm. story about Ricky Barnes at a Nationwide Tour event when I was caddying. Gotcha. Um, I mentioned Duffner um, and Nota Begay is in it. Wow. He uh, he almost came in dead last. Okay. Uh, All right. DFM. And then and, and I I, me- I mentioned Kucher is probably the biggest name, but I I did also forget Brent Snedeker. I didn't see him when I went by before. Ah, uh, Snedeker. Oh, and and Ches Reevy, obviously, who you said before. This is so that's wow. a pretty legit field right there yeah hey hey you know props to our our buddy legal hooks for for getting in on that you know so let me t- let me tell you this uh this ricky barn story it's a positive story i had a buddy who was a decent amateur golfer uh and he wanted to try out for a nationwide tour qualifier and we had one by us at pocono farms country club which i've played a few times and i call him an amateur uh, a good amateur, uh, because I wouldn't say great, because I had beaten him before, and mm. I would never consider myself a, a great amateur golfer at all. You know, I can make my way around a course. I had some success, but but definitely not great. So he says, "Will you caddy for me? You've got a you know great composure, and and I think you could really calm me down out there. You know, no pay or anything like that. 
because um, I knew he wasn't making the cut to Monday qualify in, but uh, a, an awesome experience. And I was like, yeah, dude, without a doubt. I knew nothing about caddy. didn't matter, right? So we play a practice round. During our regular round, there's a holdup on the 10th hole. Now, the 10th hole is a slight dogleg right, and there is literally no fairway to hit to and just woods, dense woods and out-of-bounds on both sides. So it's a steady stream of people marching in and out of the woods nonstop. And we're sitting on the tee, and up comes Ricky Barnes. Now, I knew who he was, you know, and you and I both know um, growing up on Long Island and seeing him play at Bethpage Black. Remember, he was in that mm-hmm. final group in the U.S. Open, you know, at, at Bethpage. Um, so Ricky Barnes comes up, and he comes to me and goes, hey, how's the day going? And I was like, you know, pretty good, man. This is awesome. And my buddy's, like, got his head in his hands. You know, he's, like, 15 over par on the front nine or something. <laughs> and he goes, what's up with your man over there? I was like, oh, dude, nothing. I was like, he just sucks. And he's like, oh, why did he pay to come out here? I said, I don't know. That's a great, that's a great question. And he's like, yeah, these things get expensive after a while. And then him and I just chatted for five minutes till it was time for my guy to, to hit. And uh, he goes, hey, I'll see you when we finish. Cool. We finish, said our goodbyes, and that was it. Awesome dude to just chill with, but seemed like a real kind of down-to-earth guy, you know? <laughs> now, uh, yeah. I mean, he does seem like a pretty good dude. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I've watched him play a few times um, at different tournaments. And, uh, yeah, he's another guy who, you know, he's, he's, I think, bounced back and forth between the PGA Tour and the web.com. Yep. But he's a, 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 I would think, a, a pretty recognizable name, um, you know, around tour. And he seems like a good guy. Yeah, I, I would say he's definitely a recognizable name. Um, you know, part, part of me wonders if the guys like that that have had to grind and, and had to uh, bounce back between tours, if they're not more in touch with, the people around them than let's say the Coochers, you know, or the Phils or the DeChambeaus or the DJs and the, you know, the Johnsons and Fowlers and stuff. Although Fowler seems like the most level-headed kid. I say kid, he's 30, most level-headed one, you know, out there. But I wonder if those guys getting into that lifestyle of private jets and, and whatnot just completely lose touch of reality and how to interact with your quote-unquote common man. Yeah, I mean, if you read the the Tiger Woods book, Tiger Woods, yep. uh, the one that Armin Katayan wrote, I mean, it's very clear that he had absolutely no chance of interacting with society in the right way. Oh, Because yeah. he was not brought up in such a way where he learned how to interact with other people in a normal way. Yeah, in a non-golf course setting. Exactly. You know, you put Tiger on a golf course and he's completely at ease and he cracks jokes and tells dirty stories and, and all this stuff. But, you know, I think you put him with a, a group of people and, and how how can how can a dude like Tiger Woods come to any type of empathetic response to, to any problems we might have? It's impossible. Yeah, he was brought up, brought up not to trust people. Yeah. So, yeah. That's like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, Scott. Oh, DTA, don't trust anybody. Because mm, Stone Cold said so. Bottom line. All right, so let's get to some of our caddy stories. I have only had positive experiences with caddies on courses. Um, I know you've had caddies on courses as well. Um, so 
where have you played? Let the people know where you have played that you've had to use a caddy. Um, maybe, maybe even go into tell them what you ended up tipping them. So, uh, I, you know, I'm just going to go with the big gun. Uh, so I played Shadow Creek, which is that like ultra exclusive. Uh, you have to stay at an MGM property in Las Vegas in order to play it. Um, course. Yeah, I knew you were um, going to hit them up with that on the first. I knew it. I mean, you gotta you gotta flex. You gotta yeah, let them know. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a $500 round. They include the caddy. They included golf clubs. They included food before, after, and during the round. Um, basically, from the time you step on their property until the time you leave, anything you want is included in that $500, except for taking care of the caddy. Um, and while you're there, the caddy's the guy who's running around grabbing you that food, grabbing you that drink. Um, if you're renting clubs, you need balls. He's the guy who's going to get it. So I thought, because I had this guy running all over the place, because uh, I didn't bring clubs, I didn't bring shoes, I didn't bring you know anything with me because it was a, a last-minute plan, um, he ran around, got all that stuff for me. You know, I tipped him, I think it was close to 150, uh, and that was just because I think I only had like 140 in my pocket at the time. And I had planned on tipping him a hundred and then because of, he was running around all over the place, I hooked him up with the extra 40 bucks. Right. So you paid for your experience. I mean, for the good I, experience I, he provided. I definitely did. And you know what? Everything he did, you know, to help me out with the course, you know, he was spot on. He definitely knew the course. Uh, he knew, you know, tons of stories, tons of history of the course. And, you know, he was my caddy, my waiter, my bartender, uh, my photographer, all of the above. Yeah, let's just also let the people know um, that that is also where the match took place the Friday after Thanksgiving, which was Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. Yes, yes. I, I knew the course very well watching that. I was trying to remember some of the, the holes when I played. Um, and, I mean, if you saw it on TV, it's gorgeous. Um, and I kind of remembered almost every single hole watching it. Which yeah, really that, cool. That's the mark of a good course. If you can remember you know, your round after you've been done with it for a week or a month or even years later, you know that that's a, a pretty solid course. So I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, now I've used caddies at a few courses. Uh, my top two stories would be over at the Kiowa Ocean course where they've had the Ryder Cup PGA Championship that Rory won. Um, that was just a great caddy. Uh, he actually had a ton of tattoos and had to wear an arm sleeve. And I was like, what's the arm sleeve for? He's like, oh, it's for my – he was Australian. He says, for my tattoos, mate. And I said, well, damn, I got tattoos and I don't have to wear it. He goes, that's because you're not employed here. <laughs> um, but he was a great dude and that was like 100 bucks, mandatory. And then I think on top of the 100 like I gave him 80 you know, so like basically almost doubled it. Um, but again, same thing, you know. That's about how much I had on me. It's what I was thinking I was going to pay and he delivered and that's what I paid. Now, my favorite caddy story is I'm playing Pinehurst number two. I'm playing it two days before the U.S. Amateur, okay? Got my tea time on a Wednesday morning. It is a downpour in Pinehurst. Now, if you've ever been there, you know that the courses drain unbelievably well because it's in the Sand Hill regions of North Carolina, probably one of my favorite places on earth. And we get to the first tee, hit range balls and the clouds part a little bit sun 
comes out a tiny, tiny bit, and it's still misting. Now, we got pissed on for 17 straight holes. My guy did not complain once. My guy kept my grips dry, made sure I was okay, had the greatest stories about caddying there, the history of the course, all this stuff. Um, same thing, that was like 100 bucks mandatory. I think I gave him a 100 tip. We actually ate lunch together afterwards because he didn't have another loop because the guy canceled because of the weather. But he told me this one story. I said, what's your, what's your best caddy story that you've got? Like, I know you've had famous people here or you've had pro golfers. And he said his favorite story ever was caddying for Lawrence Taylor. And I'll never forget this. He said it was Lawrence Taylor, three of his friends as a foursome. And usually caddies will double bag, right? So they'll take two bags. So if you have four players, you take two caddies. And a caddy carries two bags. Lawrence Taylor insisted that everyone has their own caddies, right? So they get done. He says, Lawrence Taylor's drinking nonstop. He's like, he's shooting up a storm. The dude's tearing the course apart. He's playing phenomenal. He ends up shooting like a 72 or 71 on Pinehurst number two. They get done, and he said he got a pretty decent tip. He said he got like 200 buck tip on top of the 100. And he's like, but it's Lawrence Taylor. I just kind of thought I was going to get a little bit more. So LT comes back from the pro shop, finds him, and hands him a sheet of paper with an address on it. <laughs> and the guy looks at it and he goes, what's this? He goes, this is where we're staying. Come over to our house tonight. We're having a party. And the guy's like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of you. Bring all the, your friends that caddied as well. He goes, bring whoever you want. So the guy doesn't believe it. Caddy doesn't believe it, right? So he convinces his friends to go with him. They get like five guys over to this big, enormous rented mansion in Pinehurst. And sure enough, Lawrence Taylor opens the door, greets the guy with open arms, and uh, tells everyone at the party, hey, my caddy's here. This is the man. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but let's say it's like Joe. Joe's here, everybody. And everyone's like, yo, Joe, what's good? (laughs) And he said they partied to like 3 or 4 in the morning. And then the next day, he's hungover. He's at the course, no loops. And Lawrence Taylor comes up and says, hey, I want Joe again. And Joe's like, oh my God, like this is this is crazy. This is the greatest weekend of my life. So same thing. They play number two again. Lawrence Taylor does not play well this time. Lawrence Taylor shoots like a 95, which you can imagine because you've heard stories about how LT parties, right? Mm-hmm. So he shoots like 95. And as they're leaving, he goes, Oh, hey. He goes, Joe, uh, your tip's inside my golf bag in that front pocket. Just just take it out, dude. Take it out and, and bring the bags to my car. And Joe's like, okay. So he goes in it, and there's $1,000 bills. It's 1000 bucks right there. And he's like, okay, this, this cannot be for me. Like, I'm not going to touch it. So LT comes to the car and says, hey, dude, you get your tip? He's like, yeah, uh, Mr. Taylor, look, like, there was a lot of cash in there, dude. Like, I didn't touch anything, I swear. He's like, no, no, dude, that's for you. He goes, thanks. Kid goes in, grabs a grand after making another 200 the day before and partying with Lawrence Taylor all night long, and LT drives off. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, I was actually kind of worried about what was going to be <laughs> in that pocket just based on LT's history. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, that, that's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was waiting for him to be like, yeah, I reached in. There was all this white stuff all over my hand. I was like, Mr. Taylor, why do you use chalk when you golf? And he's like, that's not chalk, baby. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, you know, there, there, are, there's always some good caddy stories. There's always some bad ones. I, I feel like Cooch got on the, the, the losing end of the bad one. I don't think there was really a uh, winning outcome for him in this at all, especially after the first get go where you know he didn't give him that extra money. So I think it's a lose lose for Cooch. It, everything's a, everything's a win for L two Can because I mean you know the guy was just a local caddy now everyone knows him. Right. Uh, uh, I'm gonna just share the ironic part of this whole story uh, we were talking about before. Um, but if you remember um, the same tournament, Damon Green, who's Zach Johnson's caddy, uh, <laughs> yep. had to stop caddying um, 14 holes in due to dehydration. And guess who he pulls onto the course to sub. Uh, as his caddy for that rest of that round. Let them know, Scotto. Ah, Matt Kuchar's wife. Sibby. Sibby Kuchar. Sibby Kuchar caddies for Johnson the whole rest of the way. Hey, you ever think if you go back in time, Kuchar would just be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just take my wife as the caddy. Yeah. Then I don't have to pay her anything. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all, all coming, it's all going to the same joint account. Yeah. And everyone's happy. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I will also say, in case you're wondering, like, oh, well, you know, you know, this is wife. Maybe she's not, you know, shaped to caddy. Uh, the picture of her um, carrying Zach Johnson's bag that's on this article that I'm looking at, her legs are ripped. She's jacked. Yeah, she's a big fitness buff. She could huff it like around she, that she course. She could leg wrestle probably just about anyone. <laughs> There might be some guys that want to leg wrestle her. That could be a profitable side business on tour. Maybe. <laughs> hey, speaking of fitness buffs and being strong enough to leg wrestle, we got a new sponsor, mm. Scotto. I, I, I hear uh, we might be hitting the gym. How do you like that segue? Well, very well played. So our newest sponsor is Train on Main. And they're a personal training studio. So golf season's almost here, right? You probably have heard Phil talk about gaining five to six extra miles per hour into his swing speed. Why don't you hit up Train on Main, have Dan and the rest of the crew there help you add five to six miles per hour onto your swing speed? Uh, they're at 427 Main Street in Stroudsburg, PA. Ask for Dan. He's a golfer. Really knowledgeable about the swing, really knowledgeable about golf fitness and flexibility training. And the thing is, it's an awesome, great, intimate setting. It's, it's actually real one-on-one training. They sit down with you. You'll go through a whole entire synopsis of the program, talk about your goals, what you want to get out of it. You can follow them on Instagram, train underscore on underscore main. Um, you can find them on the World Wide Web at www.trainonmain11.wordpress.com. And uh, it's just a great, great facility. I actually know a lot of golfers that go there. Dan himself is a golfer that I've played a ton of rounds with. Um, so they are a phenomenal addition to the Leave the Pin In podcast. And actually, next week, because we're going to record Sunday again, right? We'll talk about Riviera coming up. And mm-hmm. after that, we're going to have a giveaway the week after. He's going to donate some shirts. So we'll have some merch going out there. Um, Scott, let's, let's sound like geniuses. Give me a pick for Riviera this week. It's Wednesday. Tournament starts tomorrow. Who you got winning? Give me two people. 
I'm uh, two people. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you one person who's my like. This person definitely has a chance. Yes. And then one dark horse. Okay. Um, and they're both playing in the same group. Oh Lord. So well, you know, you gotta go super groups. Um, that's a whole other story. But I'm going with Xander Shoffley. Okay, my man X. X gonna give it to you. Exactly. And I'm gonna go my like out there pick because he has no business playing well because the way he's been playing. But I'm gonna go with Jordan Spieth. Ooh. So you think Jordan Spieth? I'm saying he has a he's gonna figure it out this week. Okay, and we talked about him last week on the pod how we're very disappointed in his Saturday round. So you think he turns it around in L.A., the City of Angels? I do. Okay. It's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it has to. He's too good for it not to. Uh, here's my two. I'm going with Beaker, the scientist, DeChambeau. He's playing with Kutcher. Yep, yep. And I'm going with, I'm going with my man, Lefty. The man who owns Riviera, who if he wins, they're going to erect a statue of. That's my man, Big Bubba. That's a good pick. Yes, yeah, a great pick. Horses for courses, baby, and he and and you can you can ride him to another victory, Scotto, back to back champ. Yeah, I mean, and he's got three wins in the last five years. I'm looking at. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and that that group, Cameron Champ, Dustin Johnson, and Bubba. Um, they might set some kind of yardage record. Yeah, I don't know if PGA Tour keeps track of like group yardage on drives. They keep track of everything. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, someone should uh, take a look at that at the end of the, the week and just just see how far the three of those combined for. It'll probably like circle the earth three times or something. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. All right, so those are our those are our picks. So when one of those four wins. Uh, we will look like geniuses. I want to thank Dan from Train on Maine for giving us that idea, for giving a preview of the next week and taking picks. Uh, he did not pick anybody, but I'm going to go with the fact that he agrees with me because we have the same first name. Also want to thank Oahu Golf Apparel for always lending us their support. That's OGA on Instagram. It's Oahu Golf Apparel, some of the best golf-inspired gear out there and i'll tell you what scott i was i look outside my window right now and it's flurrying and 20 mile an hour winds and it's 20 degrees and there's snow everywhere i kind of wish i was on a wahoo playing golf right now um yeah that would definitely be better than where i am and it's not flurrying and it's about 45 so. <laughs> still no golf left for us to be played for a little bit we got to wait a little bit longer yeah, the course is. I drive by a course on my way to work every day, and it is just covered in snow and ice. Yeah, yeah. Awful time of the year for all of our friends north of the Mason Dixon line. All right, Scott. No any golf th- to be played. Yeah, yeah. Anything else uh, before we wrap up this real quick special? Before we go, you know, big time live Sunday night again for Leave the Pin in Weekly Review? Uh, I do want to not edit one of my picks, but just say I'm also Kier Detch, Oppie Barnrat's plan. So whenever he's around, you know, it's a good time. Yeah, look out for the Barnrat. He's a he's a big boy. You ever you ever say hey, real quick? You ever see him on Instagram? He's a boss. This dude's crazy. He's like uh, uh, he's like the I, Taiwanese uh, Mike Tyson. <laughs> even know he had one i'm gonna have to follow that now dude find it he's in like lamborghinis 
He's like puffing smoke clouds everywhere. Girls in bikinis. It's a, it's 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 unreal. You'll fall in love with the dude. He's the man. Oh, uh, here it is. <laughs> this is great. Say, right. Right? I, I got something to do for that tap out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, people. So we thank you for joining us again. Uh, we'll do it again Sunday night, Scotto, right? Absolutely. All right. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>